It's okay. Yo, first of all, thank you, Eric Bobo, for doing the Red River podcast, man. uh, The fact that you would, you know, give us some time is super cool. So thank you so much. Oh, man, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. Yeah, man. Listen, it's 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 a treat for me because I've watched you play since, you know, since like 94, probably, you know, and I, I. yeah, man, I'm 43, so it's like I, I grew up watching you play, man. So this is beyond cool for me. Thank you. Oh, man. Thank you, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, how have you been? I, I know, like, uh, as far as, like, the, the pandemic seems to, you know, everything seems to be kind of, like, letting up. Um, live shows seem to be getting booked. So it, are you feeling optimistic as, as a live performer? Oh, you know, I mean, things are starting to open up and, you know, dates are already starting to get booked and and I'm excited for it. Uh, it, it it's it's a long time coming. You know, I mean, I mean, our, our our industry was shut down the hardest, I think, because we haven't really been able to do anything as far as like touring or even playing in small clubs because, you know, nothing was open. So the fact that things are starting to, you know, slowly but surely get back to uh, a new normal, uh, people getting a little bit more confident. And uh, I think it's time, man. It's time. I mean, people are ready to go out and uh, hear some live music and see some shows. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. I, it is time. I mean, it's been a weird 14, 15 months. I can't believe that it's finally, you know, over. Um, I got my shots, so I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, got my, I got my shots, too. I was I was really hesitant Me at the too. beginning because, you know, it's like you're not knowing, you know, what the effects are really going to be and, and for something to come out, like, in such a short amount of time, as far as like a vaccine, when it takes like years and years of development, you know, so they can't tell, they can't say now that, oh man, this is going to take 10 years to develop. No, you develop the vaccine in like some months, you know, yeah. you can do it now, you know what I mean? So, um, but I figured that the protocol is going to be different everywhere you go, you know what I mean? Whether you, you know, uh, you go to a concert that has like 5,000 plus people, 
you have to show that you're vaccinated or uh, whatnot or that you're a negative test. It's different protocols. So I'm like, let me just get it. Yeah, 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 for sure. Fuck it, you know? Yeah, and, and even like, so Cyprus did like, um, like you guys did like a, a drive-in show, right? Like like a couple of those? What, what was yeah, that yeah, like? Yeah, we did a couple though. It, it, was, it was cool. It was cool. I mean, people were just dying to, like I said, you know, get out and we're trying to experiment, see, you know, if it worked. And I mean, to a degree it did. But it just still felt weird because the the crowd was just so far away, so it it it, it wasn't really that interaction. Yeah, like you need yeah. Used to. And I think that I mean, there's some groups that they just can't perform well under that. I mean, luckily for Cyprus, you know, we're able to you know to kick it into high gear. But there's some groups that they need that direct interaction with the crowd, and you know. Uh, putting on your headlights was not enough. No, <laughs> no, 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 for sure. And, and the thing with Cypress too is like, like I've never ever seen a bad Cypress show. Like I don't know what it is. I, I, I you guys are are so growing up in skate culture. I still play in bands. Like I still go to shows nonstop. There was something about Cypress. There was something about Wu Tang. There was something about Beastie Boys that all did hip hop. And sometimes a hip hop show can be boring, but when you guys play those festivals, somewhere along the way, I feel like you guys unlock the formula on how to never be boring. Um, I, how do you do that? Um, I think that we, you know, first of all, I think that you have to, you know, know how to entertain and, and realize that, you know, I mean, beside giving your all, up there, you know, you have to entertain and, and and you have to give a show that's kind of like has its peaks and valleys. And and I think at the end of the day, you just got to still enjoy really doing it. And we uh, as Cypress, we really still enjoy being on stage, uh, being on stage together, locking in uh, and going into our autopilot. You know, we, we've always prided ourselves into giving a good show. I mean, we've had to, you know, play on uh, festival stages with some incredible bands that are very powerful. And we had to make ourselves be known, you know, whether it's when we were, were with the band or just, you know, the four of us up there, you know. Uh, so, so we just enjoy it. And I think that we just, Realize that the minute that you can't give a good show, you don't enjoy it up there, it's going to show. Yeah, yeah. And um, we're, we're, we're lucky because we still we still like doing it. And and for someone like you who's been playing music, you know, like the son of Willie Bobo, like, I mean, you've been playing music basically almost your whole life, which is amazing. <laughs> um, yeah. So when you play these festivals, just out of curiosity, you say you've played with a lot of great bands. Like, what are some bands through the years that kind of like blew you away that like inspired you? Oh, wow. I mean, doing like tours and stuff uh, with like Rage Against the Machine, for example. You know, I mean, when there was a tour that, I mean, they were on our tour. Oh, yeah, and, I was there. I was there. And, and, and it, such a such a incredible band that that's you just feed off of that energy 
and how they deliver that energy to the crowd, you know, it was very inspiring. And I think, you know, you, you want, as an artist, you want the artist to engage, I mean, the audience to engage with you and get wild with you, get crazy with you, you know, feel the emotion, you know, and groups like Rage Against the Machine or, you know, Nirvana did that, uh, Smashing Pumpkins, uh, that Beastie Boys, uh, you know, groups like that. I mean, they've been able to express that on their stage with their stage show, you know. So uh, I, I think it's groups like that that, yeah, that yeah. just have been inspiring, you know, and you, and you watch them and like, wow, look at how they command the crowd and how they command the stage, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, those are like some of my favorites. I grew up watching all that stuff. Um, but so you have a new record out and it's the first one, like your first solo record in, I, I think, like 10 years. And you linked up with with one of my favorite producers who we had on the show. Uh, we have like directors. We, we talk pop culture nonsense. I, you know, we invite people on from all sides of the world. So um, we invited Stu. Stu Bang is on the show. And then from there, like, you know, this was before the album dropped. And then now that the album dropped, this is one of the best hip hop records of the year for me so far. So how did you link up with Stu? Because he's he's a beast. Wow. Uh, well, I first linked up with Stu. Actually, everything was through, you know, Internet, through IG. You know, um, okay. uh, I'm, you know, friends with Ill Bill. And uh, I first got wind of him. Uh, knowing that he was doing that album, Cannibal Hope, yeah. with Ill Bill. And then uh, I started following him, and he was always posting clips of him making beats. And this guy, I mean, he was just like, it was beat after beat after, after beat, beat, yeah, after I know. Beat. Yep. And then I'm like saying, this guy's like giving me the screw face, like, you know, like, like damn, you know what I mean? This shit is hard. And after a few months of just like really checking him and listening to the Cannibal Hulk album and then other projects and stuff like that that he had going on, you know, um, I reached out to him like, yo, I mean, I would comment on his post like, yo, man, this beats fire, you know, stuff like that. And uh, I finally had reached out to him and just to give him props. And I didn't know that he was really a fan also, not only of Cypress and BC, but of me, myself. You know, uh, he said him and his uh, friends would be like, check it out, Bobo on the Corner from yeah. BC Boys, the yeah. communication album. And I'm saying, really? Yeah. This is your old man. He's like really ill, you know, and everything. And then I proposed the, the, the idea of, well, why don't you send me some things and let's, you know, let me see what I can do with them. It was not a concept of a record or anything like that. It's like, you know, let's see what was up. And he sent me, like, he was sending me folders, like, every day. He makes a lot when of I said, Yo, send me shit. He was sending me, I mean, I'm like, this guy was sending me, like, 10 and folders of, like, 10, 15 beats. And I'm like, holy shit, you know. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, so then I started to work with things. And then I would send things back to him, like, yo, you know, what do you think I did, you know, about this one? I played some stuff down on this. And then he was like tripping out because how it was complimenting what he was doing. And then finally it's like, I, I like, yo, man, we got we got enough ideas for like a record. 
you know, maybe we should think about this. And then we kind of like tried to blueprint what a record would be like, because first, you know, we had to figure out a sound. And out of like 200, 250 beats that he originally sent me, I worked on about half of those. So there was a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff. And then for what happened, what, what we chose for Empires, we took then from there. And uh, then started to build it up. And then the concept of the album really kind of came from my, my end as far as what was going on. I wanted it to be an album that really was a snapshot of the shit we just went through, you know, 2020, you know, but in, in, in not in a preaching sense, but just in a, in a sense of how it affected us, you know what I mean? Yeah. In certain, like, certain things. So you kind of hear that throughout the record. It's like a semi-conceptual record. Oh, and you're right. And you're right. Kind of did it like that, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Like looking at the track list, like I don't know why it just I, I didn't know. But you're right. Like looking at the track list, like, yeah, I guess everyone did did their thing on this. And 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 what is the science as a percussionist and, or someone who just plays drums and, and just the shit that you fucking do? Like, what is the science behind like um getting down with like a mugs or a stew like as far you know is it all feel well it, it it is feel i mean this record was really a true collaborative thing because uh after i would like lay down stuff i just said okay stew, you know send me stems and then he actually then sent me stems and then i was able to then put things together you know as far as you know sculpting what was given to me and then, uh, you know, uh, getting, you know, concepts to some of the MCs, like, because they would ask, well, what do you want to, what, what should I write about? And then kind of give them a blueprint of what we were going for with the record and everything like that. So it's, it's about knowing music, being open-minded to, to music, being open-minded to your other uh, collaborators' ideas, you know, I mean, I, I told Stuart from the beginning, like, yo, you know, it's not a, I'm not coming at it as like, oh, you know, since I've been doing this and, you know, whatever, it's got to be my way. I said, no, we're a team. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we, we really found a niche of how to work with each other. And, you know, he, he lets me take the lead a lot, but we always talk and we always agree on what we're going to do and how we're going to present everything. So we're both really part of the process. And I think that that's how you got to work with someone like a Stu Bangers or someone like a Muggs that, you know, being in the studio with him a lot, you know, learning how to communicate as an instrumentalist, you know, as a musician with a producer of, you know, samples and, drum machines and all this kind of stuff. You got to know the music. You got to feel it. You, you know, it's it's levels to this shit. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Uh, for this record in particular, uh, man, it has some of my favorites. And when I listened to it, uh, I mean, you guys just really made a fucking great record. You know, uh, I know the, the new video just dropped with uh, Mr. Liff and uh, Ritmatic. Um, yes. Man, so you and Rhett um, do Cypress Junkies. Like, what is that exactly? And how'd that come about? Obviously, shout out to the beat junkies that are goddamn legends. 
<laughs> hell yeah, hell yeah. Shout out to the, uh, to the mighty world famous beat junkies. Uh, well, we're Manic and I, we've known each other for a number of years. Uh, we first met when uh, he started DJing uh, for Soul Assassin radio show that Be Real and I used to do back in the 90s. Wow. So um, that's where we first met. And um, uh, he, he also was on uh, my, my solo record, Meeting of the Minds, which came out in like 2008. And we had a song on there called Bobo Meets Threadmatic. And out of that, it's kind of like we, we, we talked about doing a thing of like DJ and percussion, you know, him playing different styles of music from break beats to Latin stuff to hip hop to, you know, I mean, all, all kinds of flavors and, and us doing like routines, you know, like you have a DJ crew and they can do like routines with each other. Well, that's kind of like what we do. Oh yeah, and yeah. we do battles. We do all that stuff, and it's like a party. It's like a nonstop party, you know, with with us. So, combining both of our crews, we decided to name Cypress Junkies because they were kind of like that was our nickname anyway. Yeah, yeah. Because of Cypress Hill and Beat Junkies, so it kind of just stuck, you know. Okay. And uh, that's it. Cool, cool. Yeah, uh, I listened to me growing up like it was I was so into like hip hop culture that I was like, I want to be a DJ. But I looked at the guitar and I was like, I think I could play the guitar better than I could DJ. So I let my friends yeah. DJ and uh, but like, grow, you know, growing up, like watching uh, all like the DJ documentaries and like uh, all the battles and stuff like I always loved it. I love the blends. I love uh, shit, even stuff that, that like like a dude like uh, Girl Talk did later on, you know, like with those like right. mashups because a mashup is super hard to do. But uh, so on right. this record, you have Be Real. Like one of my favorite songs is is Get With This One. So Be Real and Pharaoh Monch is, is on there. And that beat is like one of my favorite beats on there. And it, it reminds me of the movie Sicario, like Sicario, <laughs> like where it's got that like that score that's like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, when when I first uh, he sent me the early sketches of that beat, I'm like saying, "Man, this is incredible." First of all, yeah. don't play this for anybody else. This is for empires. Yeah. And then it was like, okay, well, who can we get on this? And I knew immediately with the beat, I like, I like this is something for B real. And he was like, "Man, could we, do you think we can get B real?" I was like, "Man, I'm gonna just call him. Like, yeah, I'm gonna get him." Yeah, yeah. Uh, I you know so I know I know the guy I know yeah I know the guy <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, he was the first one on it didn't know who we were gonna put on to compliment my thing on this record also was to put combinations of MCs together that you won't really necessarily see or haven't it hasn't been done yet yes so um, thinking of who can really compliment B. I started thinking, I'm like, man, Pharaoh Monch might be dope. And and they already did something. He he released an album uh, 13. Yep, yeah. And yep. Cypress is on there, B and, and Senna on there. So, but it hasn't been a track that was like Be Real and Pharaoh. So uh I hit up Pharaoh Monch and I says, yo, you know, would you be down to get with this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And uh, yeah, man, he was he was he was on it, and and he did it, and and it came out like amazing. And then I asked Redmatic, "Yo, can you you know you want to do some scratches on this? You know what I mean?" And uh, 
kind of did it like that, you know? Yeah. It's amazing for, so for someone like you and even Stu, like, you know, uh, you know, you've had such a long career, man. It, it, it's almost like now working with your friends and then the people that like respect you for what you do. Uh, shit, even like the people that sampled your dad. I mean, like anytime I hear certain things, I'm like, oh shit. Like, I don't know your dad's music that well, but like on occasion I'll be like, I think I know that song from somewhere, yeah, yeah. you know? And like listening to like uh, any Anytime somebody said uh, kick the Willie Bobo, uh, I know J. Rue mentioned and I was like, I would always hear it. And then when I I saw you played in Cyprus, I was like, I wonder if it's the same connection. And and it was. And I was like, just kind of like blew my mind. So, yeah. Um, but uh, what was the other one? Uh, so you're from Highland Park. That's where you grew up. I, mean, no, I grew up. I grew up in like the Highland Park, my Washington area. I was born in New York. Yep. Yep. Me too. And, Queens. Yeah. Yeah, Queens. I was born in Queens too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Born um, in Hollis. But uh, on this record, you have Reverie, who is from Highland Park. She, I, I, I've been like hip to her for like the last year or two. Uh, she kills this track. Call it like I see it. Um, so, it, I mean, was there a Highland Park uh, connection? Is that is that how you reached out to her? Um, you know, I, it was till later on, you know, I mean, we, we first met some years back and, um, and then we reconnected a couple of years ago, uh, out in Europe. Oh, wow. And, uh, that's when I'm like, yo, you're from Highland Park. Yeah. And like, we started talking like, okay, that's really, really dope. You know? And, uh, at, at the time it was like, man, it would be cool, you know, to do something together, but it was really no plans. And when I heard the track, I asked the Stu, I said, Stu, would you mind if we had like a female MC or anything on, you know, on the album? He says, no, no, you know, it'd be cool. Uh, He had never heard of Reverie either, but I knew I'm like, yo, man, she's, I mean, what I like about her is that, I mean, she's got lyrics, she's got bars. She's got bars. She's got flow. She's, I mean, she's got, as Stu says, that it factor. And uh, I hit her up. I said, yo, would you be down to, you know, do uh, be on the track? And beside maybe Red Dot, she's the only, first of all, she's the only female MC on the album. And, this, and she has a song that's all her. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and uh, again, I, she killed it. And uh, just to have, like, that Highland Park, like, that hook connection, I'm like, man, this is, that's dope. So... You yeah, know, that's cool. Probably out to Highland Park. Um, and also, what I, I like, Dark Mind. Let's say, because I'm 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 friends with uh, Lord Goat. Like he's he's from out here, and I've never heard of Crazy Crazy Race before, but it made sense. Like to me, like listening to the lyrical contact, uh, contact, uh, you, you get like New York and L.A. Like they're both like super underground uh, dudes, and they both have that same lyrical style. Um, I, I mean, was that like on purpose, or did Stu put that together? Uh, okay. Uh, the funny thing about that, that track is that, um, uh, Lord Go props out to him, man. Uh, and I've always been a, I've been a fan of his, his stuff for a while. Non-fiction. Uh, we had that track and, um, he laid down his verse and everything. And that was it. And to be honest, that was like the track that had me kind of stumped. Okay. Like, what do I do here? What happens here? So this was like one of the last songs that was done. Okay. 
uh, I had actually read, I said, it needs something else. It needs another voice. It needs another verse. Uh, so I'm like, who can I reach out to? So uh, I'm, I'm friends with Crazy Race that's out from out here, LA, Whittier, uh, Dope as Underground MC. And I says, yo, you know, I reached out to him. And student hadn't heard of Crazy Race either. And I says, yo, I gave him the concept and and everything so he did that and then it still it didn't have a hook so i added the hook so that's actually me good uh so i'm like with the concept of that it's like you know in this past year this pandemic has made some people kind of go crazy kind of like really like not really be able to deal with stuff go out and do crazy stuff i said so kind of think about it in that in that way that's awesome. Uh, yeah, without I mean, it being like pandemic, without it being like that, that's what I mean. Like, no, no, yeah, I mean, move. it's it's cool. Like, I mean, just to get the behind the scenes look on this is like how much you orchestrated all this stuff, you know. Uh, so I I love that. I love that angle. Like you 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 know you're the maestro on this shit for sure. Um, and and to talk about LA some more, uh, you know, you had Raka from Dilated Peoples on City of Angels, um, and also. <laughs> Did you have anything to do or uh, with the LA original documentary with Estevan? Yes, I did. I did the I did the uh, original score. What a, I mean, that is I I've I never I, I, I've never been there. Like I've been meaning to to visit LA, just never never made it out there. Um, but watching that documentary, I'm like, it's weird, man. I guess it's like when someone lives in LA and they watch something on New York, they kind of like fantasize or like you know they're like, damn, that shit looks cool. And and the fact that Estevan uh documented so much of those tours and like that documentary i mean like that was probably top three documentary i saw last year i, I mean like wow. what did you think about it oh yeah i, I it, it was great because that story and that side of it had not really been told yeah and and a lot of people really didn't understand you know how influential or didn't know how influential people like esteban Oriole or Mr. Cartoon uh, are to the culture, to the hip hop culture, to to low writing culture, clothing or tattooing, all of that stuff. And there was a lot of people that after watching the documentary, like, wow, we didn't realize that it was all connected like that, you know. And uh, I was uh, I was asked to do the the score all the original music and score and stuff like that. And, and it was, it was a great thing because that's a whole other animal. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like put music to some visuals to make it kind of like go and go together and everything like that. So it was, it was, it was a fantastic opportunity. And, and would you and do I'm that? Again? Would you do something like that again? Oh, hell yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, before then I was, uh, I had done uh, music for this series in Argentina called El Marginal. It was like the biggest series out there. And I was doing music for it. I did music for the second and third season. It's on Netflix now. Okay. Uh, I done that. And I also did a, a title uh, title song for another award-winning series that I was nominated for a few awards down there uh, for best uh, theme song and stuff like that. So. Uh, I kind of doubled into, you know, putting music together for 
movies and film and I enjoy that shit. So uh, I, I hope to do more. Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's something like once, I mean, when you think of your career, you know, with your dad and then just like taking over his band for a little bit. Um, but then you, you play like ad rocks wedding and that's how you, you know, like that's, that's like, it's such an interesting part. Cause I feel like, that just brought you to a whole other like world. Like, you know, you play ad rock and Ioni's wedding. And then from there, it's like this second part of your like career kind of takes off. Like, is that how you look at it? Yeah. That, that, that's exactly uh, what happened. I mean, I was really in transition and, you know, I had a little band and I was trying to get my stuff together and everything, but it, it, you know, I was still trying to find my musical voice, so to speak. And uh, I never thought that uh, doing a wedding, doing uh, the music, uh, being entertainment yeah. for a wedding would change my whole tra trajectory, you know what I mean? And um, within a few months, you know, I was auditioning for, for Beastie Boys for Check Your Head Tour. And they, they, were, they knew of my dad. They were fans of my dad. Actually, my dad is kind of is sampled on uh, Paul's boutique, so they they were already familiar. So uh, I was a big BC Boy fan as well, and I did the audition. I made sure that I was going to ace the audition, uh, and then boom, I got the itinerary, and lo and behold, uh, the last two weeks of that tour. Uh, Cypress Hill came onto that tour to open up. So this is how my worlds collided yeah. all in my first tour, you know? So it's, it's, it's nuts. That's, a, that's amazing. Um, and what were, what were those, uh, those tours like, especially on that record, that record kind of brought them back. So like, I, I feel like Paul's boutique later in life, people appreciated it more. Um, exactly. I feel like it got like pretty panned when it came came out, or at least like uh, you know the fans liked it. But like I, I feel, I guess you know the first record was so party, uh, and then this next one was just like the the Dust Brothers just came up with those samples, and it was just like mind blowing. But once Check Your Head came out, it was like a whole nother flavor, and you hear so what you want, and pass the mic, and it's like wow, it's like so. So what were those tours like playing those Check Your Head songs? Well, it was crazy. I, I came in on like the last leg okay. of that whole tour. And just to be up there and to play those songs live, to be able to do it, it was incredible. And to see the, 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 the resurgence of the BC Boys. I mean, when I started with them, we, was playing, we were playing like 1,500, 2,000 seaters. And by the time, you know, when I, I left, we were playing Madison Square Garden. That's like crazy. Know, I mean, because after Check Your Head, I mean, after that tour, we, we gelled so quickly. We got into the studio and then we, we banged out the communication, which was done in like six months. We were okay. so tight. We, that was like the shortest amount of time any BC Boy record has ever been completed. So we, we went in there and we were so tight that, and it, and it shows on that record, that when we came out for those tours, for, for the Ill Communication World Tour, killing it. 
killing Kill it. And, Kill and, 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 uh, so, you know, you take the stuff that, that, that you're, you know, like this, like Bobo on the corner, let's say, uh, but also like, uh, Sabrosa, uh, you know, and a, a couple of the other things that, 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 uh, you're credited on. It's such a, it's such a, like, uh, it feels like a, like a free form thing. Like, uh, like when you're in the studio, do you just cut it? And then that's the way it's always played. Or is that, is that just kind of like, it just seems like a free form thing. Like when you cut those songs. Uh, uh, to be honest, uh, some of those, a lot of those songs were uh, made from jams. Yeah, yeah, that's what it feels and, like. And, and uh, you know, Mario C, a big up to Mario Caldado, um, he kept the dat rolling. We would go in there to jam and put the dat on record. So when we would get something, we'd say, oh man, we, this was cool, you know what I mean? And of course, like something like Bobo on the Corner, it seems short, but that was like a long jam. We were just going at it. And, you know, uh, we, we, we did that with not really with any intentions to put that on the record. I mean, not to even to my knowledge. When, when I heard the find the saw the final track listing, I'm like, what song is Bobo on the Corner? <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then, uh, then when I heard it, I'm like, oh, man, it's like a jam, you know? And and I was like, wow, it's crazy to get, you know, name drop on a BC Boy record. For me, I was like, yo, this is not happening. This really isn't happening. So, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, all of those, they, they, they were came from ideas. And then either we would replay them to learn them or if they were good enough, um, Mario might take and do edits and then have a song it's it's really amazing you know uh just to say i mean obviously you know uh r.i.p mca but just just to 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 know that like you you know you guys were all this band you know and it's like it's such a cool memory i would imagine to have you know it's like hey you know we we were killing it for this stretch of years you know and uh to look back at something like that even like the documentary that just came out you know that was really good the one that they did on app uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's, you know, you, you, you're still doing your thing, but on occasion, I would imagine it's fun to look back. Even the stuff that, uh, Estevan took like all that footage, man, like how, how, how much of a trip is that to be like, Oh shit. Remember 93. Oh shit. Remember 94. Like there's so much to look back at. I mean, there, there is a lot. And, you know, also through like social media, there's, you know, people that have old pictures or I might see old photo shoots and like, wow, it triggers back a memory. It, for me, it, it, it kind of gets me that it's been as long as it has. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, in the midst of all of it, you know, you're not thinking about longevity. You're not thinking about anything. You're, for me, it was like, I'm living in the moment. Living in the moment. And, and, and enjoying it and trying to take it all in. And I mean, some of, some of those memories are blur, but thankfully we did take a lot of pictures and have a lot of footage that we can like, wow, you know, this was really cool. And, and it's, it's, it's great to hear stories from the fans, you know, like people that say, yo, I saw you at Lollapalooza yeah, 95. I, I was there. Hell yeah. I was there. And, I can't. You know, and shit like that. And I mean, I was, I was the first one in Lollapalooza history to play and like back to back with 
to co-headlining bands because I did 94 with Beastie Boys yep. and came back 95 with Cypress. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then the bands that were there, I mean, Smashing Pumpkins, I mean, uh, Breeders, Tribe Called Quest, you know, Jesus Lizard, I mean, and the list can go on and on. And then to do like hip hop tours with like Public Enemy and Gangstar and Fuji's and I mean, and people look at these groups now it's like how iconic. And for me, it's like man, I was in it. And yeah. I, I sometimes in my own time, kind of like wow, I was in it. Yeah, I was in it. Well. You know, so now we're at we're at Empires, but also like Elephants on Acid might be my favorite Cypress record since wow. three. Wow. Um, if you could just give me like a little rundown on that, I don't want to keep you hostage, but just like if you could just give like what was the idea behind Elephants on Acid? And, and shout out to Muggs, who is literally one of the most talented there's like premiere and then there's mugs like that's like the one and two like that the, the amount of work that he's done in the last three four years is amazing so the fact that he came back and he killed it on elephants on acid on production just just give me a little bit of those stories you know uh to have mugs back in the fold to be able to do elephants on acid was uh, a real treat for us and I think it was a real treat for the Cypress fans who wanted to hear Cypress back on some Muggs production and uh, it, the album does not disappoint I mean it's an incredible it's an incredible work um, it's a Muggs, journey it's a journey it's like it, a it, journey it, it is and and uh Muggs is definitely one of the top top producers ever to 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 do this hip hop shit. I mean, he he's he's got anthems. I mean, jump around just for that song that can be played anywhere in any club, anywhere in the beginning of that. If people are rushing to go ahead and dance or groove, whatever, it, it's amazing. And and to put that record together after so long and it kind of like give it that cypress sound but updated, updated. but updated yeah. in a way that you know only months could really do it and it, it was it was it was great and uh i i, I you, think you, you could tell you could tell it's like a real group effort on that one um yes. a lot of the interludes um i mean like what was like the blueprint though like you guys get in and like who like what was the blueprint like somebody's like yo i got this idea and we're gonna have these like you know intermissions and like these songs or what well mugs mugs has always been the guy that just like uh landscape the whole thing uh and he'll put something together and then uh he'll have the guys rhyme over it but that doesn't mean that that's the final version because when you hear it later, it could be different. You know what I mean? So it's almost like we let the genius work, you know, and when when we're needed to add, add our flavor, we're able to do it. So, I mean, this was truly Muggs's, this was Muggs's vision. 
And the way that he put it together, I mean, as you see his output lately, crazy. You see how it's how it's coming. That that Rome Streets record he put out, God damn! I'm like, yo, yeah, this that's, shit. that's one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite Muggs projects that he's that he's done in a minute. I mean, all of them been dope, but that one with Rome Streets. Yeah, that kid is like, like that kid is like. He almost reminds me of like Big Big L like a little bit. Like he's just yeah. like he kills that. That's like my like that's on, on top. Um the stuff he did with Crime Apple. You know, it's funny, like like so I, I'm bilingual, obviously. My I'm Colombian, my dad's Colombian, my mom's Dominican. And I nope. never I never really connected with like Spanish music too much, but when I hear Crime Apple, maybe because I need Spanglish, or when I hear Sick Jackin, I think Sick Jackin is like I can't think of a more underrated hip hop MC than Sick Jackin. Like the shit he did with War Porn, with Everlast yeah. and Divine Style, like that was the best hip hop record of 2017. Yeah, that was an incredible record. Incredible. incredible. And Sick Jackin and Sick Jackin is one of the top tier. Uh, underground MCs, underrated for sure. Uh, production, rhymes. ear for production. Yeah. Production, he's there. He can rhyme in English and Spanish equally well. I mean, he's a great writer. I mean, that's my bro right there. Uh, I mean, uh, Muggs also has always had a had an ear for what's in the streets and what's hot in the streets and not necessarily just going after the people that are the hot names, you know, because there's a lot of people that they're gems that, you know, the underground knows, but not a lot of other people know. Uh, and, and I mean, like Rome Streets, I mean, I heard of him, but Never. I had not really heard him until this record. Now I'm checking on him. I'm checking you know, on him. Yeah. You know, yeah. But, but it's like that, you know, but then you get people like, and it like, I, I, I've also been like a fan of like that gritty, grimy hip-hop and me and mugs we would always be like yo man this is our shit so like when you get a, like a lyricist like rj Payne, for example like to me like he is right now he's killing he's killing the game right now he's on you empires know, he's, he's on empires he's, he's killing the game uh you know you get a roam streets you know uh you you, you get you know there, there's fire out there man it's it's fire well, I, I'm I'm gonna the, the last two things I'm gonna say you have a candle, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have give me a give me like give me a quick rundown on the candle and the funky field tip and then we'll wrap. Oh, all right, word up. Uh with candle is a collaboration with uh Puff Pendy Melts. Uh and uh uh it's uh it's a scent that you know I handpicked myself, you know, I went through several several combinations and uh we, we came up with this candle that it's, it's not infused with anything. The scent is a rose eucalyptus. It's a real calming scent, but uh, it, it really lights up the room. And it, it's a good one for when you're smoking. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you can get that at shoppuffpendymelts.com. Uh, and also, links. yes. And also the funky field tip, uh, the big drum, which is this right here, uh, this is actually, it, it, it sold out in less than like 14 minutes. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> so, so, I mean, I, I've, I've seen it on eBay selling for upwards of $2,000. So if you really want it that bad, you can go to eBay, but none are available at the moment. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm but, a big, I'm a big dummy. I don't know what it is. 
<laughs> they were they were there they were there but uh yeah um so that's that's a, a thing that, that 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 we have and you know i i, I do that uh the the dr green thumb podcast i love Eagle it TV. i love it, I love it so. yeah man yo thank you so much for your time uh i will continue to just tell everyone how amazing empires is uh maybe you, maybe we'll, maybe we'll get another record with you guys i look forward to watching cypress hill live again and uh, yes. yeah, you killed it on Amorica, by the way. I fuck with the oh, man. I fuck thank with you, the Black bro. Crows heavy. <laughs> Yo, thank Eric. Thank you, my bro. Thank you, man. Uh, right, man. Well, thank you for the opportunity. I'm only using the audio, by the way, and uh, I'll drop it on Monday. So much love, man. Cool deal, man. Thank you, bro. Thank you for the support, man. All right. Later. You got it, man. Peace. There's no survivors. They all die. They all die. There's no no survivors. They all die. They all die. There's no no there's no no there's no survivors. There's no survivors. They all die. My ideas be as bright as a lamp lit. Even if you dope, you could get stepped on a stamp, kid. In the hood like Jehovah Witness pamphlets. Flow classic like a fresh pair Stan Smiths. You like puff? Telling me that your man spit. Only salute honorable niggas I ran with. Pull a fake nigga car quick like Gambit. We transmitting live, crashing your bands with. In the stoop, with nowhere to flood. Rolling up, mower the mud. You want my take it in blood. Back in the day, they used to dribble in the corridor. Now they got work in the panel of the foreign door. Niggas be praying, but only to escape the law. Hoping the Lord could erase all of the things they saw. In pursuit of a car, fitting description of fugitives, Dark 